Pastor Saxton Odom here, so thankful that you have decided to join in to Wine on the Church of God's podcast today. We pray that this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. God bless you today is our prayer as you listen. Hallelujah. Will you give Jesus, who holds our hand, a hand clap of praise today? How many say, I can't even walk without Him holding my hand? Amen. The mountains of life are too high, and the valleys, they're definitely too wide. But if you'll get on your knees, you'll be able to stand in His power. Hallelujah. I want you to grab your Bibles with me today and turn with me to Jude chapter 24. This is the last book in the Bible before uh, Revelation. Excuse me, the last book before, yes, Revelation in your Bible. And it only has, of course, one chapter, and it is verses 24 and 25 where we're going to be looking at today. Today I'm going to be finishing up what we've been preaching and teaching on for the past few four or five weeks. I think today will be the fifth on uh, the restoration of Pentecost. And we have talked about how God is wanting to restore the Pentecostal fire and the flame and the spirit to the church, and not just to a denomination. This is not about a denomination, amen. This is about God's church. And God is wanting to restore His Pentecostal flame and fire to the whole church of Jesus Christ. And today, I'm going to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit is given to us from grace to glory. Everybody say that with me. From grace to glory. Jude chapter 24 and verse number 25. If you're able to stand today, you can stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. Verse 24 of Jude says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you, everybody say me, faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I could stop right there. And we could praise God on that verse alone. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, hallelujah, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Will you stretch your hands toward heaven today and let's pray for God's power and anointing on this message. Father, I thank you, Lord, for each and every one who has gathered together today. Lord, there are no doubt many things that pull on us that we could be doing today. But God, these your people have dedicated this time in their life, this time in their day, this time in the beginning of their week to gather and to worship you. And Lord, we pray that you would bless them indeed for doing so. God, we pray that you'd bless the church as we assemble together this morning. Bless us with an understanding of your word. Bless us with an illumination and an application to what you're saying to us today. Bless us, O oh God, with your anointing, God, that is able to cause preaching not to just be man's words, but God's words spoken through man. And Father, lastly, I pray that you would bless us with the ability with our ears to see, our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our mouths to speak the innumerable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ in this life and in this day. And we give you the praise, honor, and glory and everybody said amen amen you may be seated today from grace to glory you see quite often 
we sometimes will find ourselves on a mountaintop, as I just sang, or climbing up the mountain, and then other times we will find ourselves in valleys. But the real trials and troubles are also not just only climbing the mountain and dwelling in the valley, but passing through the plains. And we talk a lot about the valley. The valley is where discouragement lies. The valley is where the devil will sometimes try to come in and grab us and grip us and get us back into his kingdom and under his influences. The mountaintops are where we can look back over the season that God has just completed and we can see the big picture. Hallelujah. How many are thankful for mountaintops? We can see what God was doing in the valley. We can see the plan and the purposes of God. But something that we never talk about hardly is the planes of life. See, there's a problem with planes, and the problem with planes is that a plane is just plain. Now, I'm talking about those planes of life where nothing good's really happening and nothing bad is really happening either. And you're just going through the day to day. You're going through the motion to motion. You're working. You're coming home. You're fixing supper. Or you're grabbing a McDonald's double quarter pounder that's grease just drips out of it in the box on the way to the house or whatever it is that you are doing. And it just becomes a monotony. And you just begin to wonder, Lord, is there anything worth purpose in this moment in time in my life? Are you doing anything astronomical? Are you doing anything effective? You see, when we go through the plains of life, those plateaus that are just that are just ongoing, that seem to never end, there's no height, there's no depth. When we go through the plains of life, we have a tendency to get wore out. Amen. How many has ever driven across the plains of Texas and Oklahoma and Nebraska and the Midwest. And you know what I'm talking about. You wonder, or the Delta in Mississippi, right? You wonder, will this ever end? Will I ever again see hills? Will I ever again go down into a valley? Will I see water? Will I see anything but flat land? And the truth is, in those times and moments in our lives where there is plains, that there is a tendency to throw in the towel because we get so tired of the normal. We get so tired of the monotony. But it's in the plains where God does some of His best work. He gives us strength and perseverance. And today I'm going to talk to you about the Spirit that is not just with us on the mountain. He's not just with us in the valley. He's not just with us in the moment of salvation and grace. He's not just with us in the heavens whenever we receive the glory of the eternal kingdom, but He is with us from grace to glory. Hallelujah. Everybody say that with me. From grace to glory. I'm going to talk to you this morning beginning how the Holy Ghost is the agent of salvation. John chapter 16 and verse 8 tells us, and when He comes He being the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Jesus said it was expedient for Him to go away because when He went away, He would send the greater one, the Holy Spirit, to the earth. And His purpose was to convict the world to righteousness and to show us our sin and to show us the coming judgment unless we turn from it. Can I tell you today that conviction is is necessary to realize sin. 
Conviction is necessary through the power of the Spirit to realize our sin, to realize the times and moments that we err against God's Word, to realize those moments and times when we're in the plane and we possibly go through the day-to-day motions and forget through tiredness or whatever it is, the things that we're supposed to be doing, the Holy Spirit will convict us and He will draw us to Him. But there's also a conviction that draws to grace. Hallelujah. How many remember that moment in time where the Holy Spirit began to work with your heart and He began to convict you of your sin and of your need for a Savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord and the King of our lives. You began to feel that conviction. And there's one of two responses when you begin to feel the conviction of the Spirit. The first response is the response of submission. And you begin to submit to the Holy Spirit. And you begin to say, Lord, you're right. I, I'm sinful. You're, you're, you're right. I, I don't do things right. I can't. I get it wrong all the time. And I need Jesus as my Savior to save me. And you respond in submission to the call of conviction. But the other side, the other side of the coin, so to speak, is the side of rejection. Not submission, but rejection of conviction that then turns into offense. And you become offended at the Word of God, not because the Word is wrong, because it's never wrong, not because the preacher who preached it is wrong or the teacher who taught it is wrong, but because the person who rejected it is wrong. There's always one of two responses, submission to the Word and the will and the conviction or rejection which births offense and offense is the bait of Satan that keeps you in his trap. So the question is, do we receive in that moment the conviction of the Spirit to show us our error in sin and turn us back to a manner and a dispensation of righteousness and avoid judgment or do we reject Him and ultimately live the rest of our lives without Him? This is where grace comes in and when we submit to the Spirit the grace of Jesus Christ and His forgiving power washes that nasty soul, that nasty heart as white as pure snow. How precious the blood of Jesus is, hallelujah, that it can take a heart hardened by the world. It can take a heart hardened by the effects of life. It can take a heart hardened by sin. And with His precious blood that He shed on the cross of Calvary, He can wash it and it's no longer black as night, but it is now in the red crimson blood coming out as white as snow, hallelujah. I'm reminded of where the prophet Isaiah said, you're able to take my sin those scarlet they are and wash them until they're white as snow how many have the testimony that I have experienced the grace of Jesus Christ he's taken my heart he's taken my life he's applied his grace that I did not deserve and he washed me white as snow hallelujah Conviction is necessary to realize our sin. If He, the Spirit, never drew us to Jesus by showing our need we would never come 
If the Spirit would not draw us to the Savior by showing us our need for Him, we in ourselves would never come. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, 16, however, when we do come, that the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and no longer orphans in this world, but we have received the Spirit. Thereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Our God in our the Lord God of creation in grace becomes Abba, my Father. And Abba, your Father, the heavenly King of all the universe becomes Daddy to us. Hallelujah. By and through what? The power of the Spirit. John 15 and 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness of me. I want to tell you today, brothers and sisters, we can have the assurance of our salvation by and through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We can have blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, filled with His Spirit, and washed in His blood. Hallelujah. This is my story. This is my song. Praise the Savior all the day long. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Spirit that is the agent of salvation that will convict you of sin, but will then draw your heart to a cross and He will wash you, Jesus Christ, clean in the blood of His only sacrifice, God the Father's Son, Jesus Christ the Lord. Can we give Him a hand clap of praise today? We can have assurance of our salvation by and through the Holy Spirit. He bears witness with the Son, and the Son bears witness with the Father that we are His. The Holy Ghost is the agent of salvation. But not only is He the agent of salvation, He's also the agent of sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. See, the plan of God does not stop at salvation. I read a quote from Leonard Ravenhill this week, and I think I shared it. And he talked about how there's a lot of evangelists, and he, he was born in the 1920s, so he's passed on now, so it, it must have been a recurring problem in his day as well. A lot of evangelists preach forgiveness, but don't preach salvation. And there is forgiveness, but salvation is more than forgiveness. Salvation is the saving action of Jesus Christ in our heart. The end is not salvation. Jesus did not just save you for you to just be saved. He saved you from yourself and from your sin so that you could separate yourself from that kind of life. So though He is the agent of salvation, He's also the agent of sanctification. The Bible tells us in Romans 15, 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified in and by the Holy Spirit. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13 says, But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. How many still believe sanctification is needed today? Hallelujah. Sanctification 
simply means transformation. Everybody say that with me. Sanctification. Sanctification simply means transformation. We become immediately sanctified or set apart when we receive the gift of God's salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's an immediate action where we are transformed inwardly, immediately by the blood. And then as we are transformed inwardly, our outwardly begins to line up to look more like God. As we look more like Him, the less we look and act like the world around us. This is not just an immediate sanctification, but it's also a progressive sanctification. How many know when you were saved, you were not all that you could be in the Lord? When you were saved, you were not everything that God had dreamed for you to be in and of Himself. But you took a time to get to where you are today. The journey of life is not an immediate one to heaven. It is a sanctifying one to get there. And we neglect sometimes the agent of salvation, excuse me, the agent of sanctification after we receive Him as the agent of our salvation. No doubt He is there with us at grace, but He wants to lead us to glory. Hallelujah. Grace is wonderful in and of itself, but there is a means to an end, and the means to an end is the glory that God has stored for us to receive, but we may not make it there unless we yield our lives to the agent of sanctification the more and more we strive after his righteousness exemplified in Christ and the less we associate ourselves with sin boy this is a message that needs to be preached everywhere right now because we have a church world in America who has done away with sanctification we have a church world in America even in Pentecostal circles that have forsaken preaching and teaching on sanctification. And we preach on salvation and we see converts and we preach on the baptism of the Spirit and we see baptisms in the Spirit. But then we have such little teaching and preaching about being sanctified to where the devil who never stops, amen, he doesn't stop if you're a child of God by clawing at you and gripping at you and groping at you to get you back into his grasp and into his kingdom of influence. The devil who never stops comes in and he grabs a hold of us. But when we are sanctified, when we have separated and set apart ourselves from the world, there is not just an inward transformation, but there is an outward transformation in my speech. There's an outward transformation in my thought life. There's an outward transformation in the way I walk. There's an outward transformation in the way I talk. There's an outward transformation in the way I dress, the way I act, the way I behave. He's the agent of salvation, but also the agent of sanctification. And the church, sanctified, set apart, looks nothing like the world. Oh, uh, Holy Ghost, don't push me that way. But we reject, again, remember rejection I taught you on a while ago? We reject the Spirit's sanctifying work in us. And then we're back at the bottom of the barrel. Or then we're back at the sin that we cannot overcome. And we blame everybody 
but me. I'm on somebody's doorstep today. We blame, blame everybody but me. When it's God who wants to sanctify you. It's God who wants to wash you. It's God who wants to clean you up. Can I tell you that I as a pastor cannot clean you up. I as a minister of the gospel cannot. These wonderful brothers and sisters, no matter how long they've been a member of this church, cannot do it. We cannot sanctify you, but we can show you who can. Hallelujah. And it is the Holy Spirit given to us, not just at grace, but to walk us through the heights and the lows and the plateaus of life he wants to sanctify us to set us apart he wants to get the world out of us so that we will get more of God in us hallelujah how many want less of the world and more of God less more of looking like them and more of looking like him less of self and more of God as I decrease Paul said he increased and that is the work of sanctification. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says, And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. That's present. We have not yet been transformed. And it doesn't say we'll be transformed. It says we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. A caterpillar does not become a butterfly overnight. A tadpole does not become a toad overnight. It doesn't become a frog overnight. There, there is a progress of transformation. In fact, the word they're using Scripture is the word metamorphe, where we get our word metamorphosis. There is a transformation that takes place on every level of that caterpillar, on every level of that tadpole. And if you remember in biology, studying the ways in which it happens, a tadpole begins to grow and it still stays in the water and its legs are still there, but so is its tail. But as it begins to grow, it continues to transform and metamorphosize, or however you say that in my uh, layman's English right here. It begins to continue its metamorphosis into a toad who no longer has a tail, a toad who can go from the water to the land and back to the water. In other words, it's not what it was. Hallelujah. And I come to serve notice on the devil today that I'm not who I was and you're not who you were because of the blessing of the agent of sanctification through the sanctification by the Spirit. We are transformed. We are changed into more like God. Thank God. Hold fast to what He's given us. He is our agent of sanctification. Romans 12 and 2 saying, And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, if we conform to the world, the less we'll prove ourselves of God. But if we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, how do I renew my mind, Pastor? Right here. 66 inspired books. 
66 inspired books by which God has given us to renew our mind. Friend, if you're not in the Word, the Word won't be in you. And if you're not in the Word, there's no doubt that you're not sanctified. But the more you get in the Word, oh, the more the Word cuts like a knife. And the more the Word heals like a salve. Hallelujah. The more the Word will cut into those places of your life where not even the spouse can address or not even your mother or your father can address, but only God can address. And He'll begin to transform you into an image of His Son Jesus. The agent of sanctification. Not only is He the agent of sanctification and salvation, but He's also the agent of saturation. Everybody say salvation, sanctification, and saturation. I got some S's going on today. He's not just the agent of salvation and sanctification, but He is the agent of saturation. Matthew chapter 3, 11 and 12 says, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. God, my friends, does not only want to save you, He doesn't want just to sanctify you, but He wants to saturate you in the fullness of His goodness and in the fullness of His glory by and through the power of the Holy Ghost. The idea here of being filled or full of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said it, points to one of totality. In other words, the whole person is inwardly transfused and transformed by the Holy Ghost. Even as the sound of mighty wind filled the room where they were sitting in Acts chapter 2, it signifies every room, every nook, every cranny was full of the sound of the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill our lives fully. Every room, every nook, every cranny he wants to fill us full saturate us with till we're drenched full of his spirit victory in Jesus the image is one of the spirit of God moving throughout like wind or fire until every barrier is breached I want you to understand that the Spirit for sure is a gentleman in your life and He will not impose Himself upon you if He is not welcomed. But once He is welcomed into your life, He then becomes a consuming fire and a mighty wind to blow away all the dross, to blow away all the negativity, to blow away all the carnality, to blow away all the sin, and to set your life on fire. We are not saturated with the Holy Spirit just to say we've got it. We are saturated with His presence to be full of Jesus inwardly and the outwardly be able to do His bidding in the world. In a moment, we're going to baptize someone up there in the baptistry. Brianna, we're going to baptize her. And we believe in full submersion of baptism, so I'm going to fully submerge her, as long as she don't fight me like Cynthia did. I'm going to fully submerge her under the water, and I'm going to pull her back up. But baptism is being fully submerged.
In other words, when she comes up, every bit of her will be wet. There'll be every bit of sign that she's been fully underwater. Her hair will be wet. Her face will be wet. Her clothes will be wet. Meaning she's been saturated in water. See, what we want is a little dabble do you of the Holy Ghost. What we want is just so our hands will get wet. And everybody can see that our hands are saturated or that our face will get wet. So everybody sees that we have the look of being saturated with the presence and Spirit of God. But what God wants is every bit of us head to toe to be fully wet with His divine power, His divine presence, and His divine Spirit. Hallelujah. He wants us saturated, all of us, every bit of us, fully and wholly thine in His hands so that only not we will see, but the world will see a difference. Hallelujah. Because there is a difference in serving Jesus than serving the world. Hallelujah. He's the agent of saturation. Praise God. He's the agent of saturation. The Bible tells us that we are three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. And when we are saturated in His Spirit, all three are covered. Spirit, soul, and body. The conscious and the subconscious depths of who we are become sensitive to the divine presence and the activity of our God. This is where God floods in to one's being and manifests His power. So you have salvation, sanctification, saturation. And I tried to find an S for this last one. But my homiletics left me right here. And I could not find an S for the last one, so I just had to change it. And He is the agent of glorification. He is the agent of our glorification, which leads us back to our original Scripture in Jude chapter 24 and 25, where Jude tells us to maintain our life with God for an end purpose. In verse 24, he says, Now to Him... Who is able? Look at your neighbor and say, He's able. He is able. You may say, Pastor, how can I live this life? How can I live saved? How can I live sanctified? How can I be saturated? My friend, you want me to tell you the simplicity of it? The simplicity of it is you can't. But the simplicity of it is that He can. Hallelujah. Notice Jude did not say, now to me who is able. Jude said, I'm not able to be saved on my own. I'm not able to be sanctified by myself. I cannot be saturated in and of myself but when I look to him hallelujah and when I see all that he is and know all that he holds now to him who is able to present you and to keep you from stumbling uh, I could preach right here on 30 more minutes to keep you from stumbling God is so able that you don't have to stumble and fumble into disappointment into discouragement into backsliding, back to the Lord, back to backsliding. In other words, I see it so often as a pastor, there are great people, but their lives are spiritual roller coasters. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. Their lives are spiritual roller coasters. They're down today, up tomorrow. Out of the church the next week. Four weeks later, you'll see them back in church. Seven months, you won't see them serving God, but then they'll be back in there three months. A spiritual roller coaster. But Jude said there's one who's able to keep you from being that way. 
Jude said there's one who is able to keep you from stumbling, to keep you from falling back. And His name is the Spirit of God that has been given to us. And He is not only able to keep us from stumbling, but there's going to come a day of glorification where we stand before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we'll be presented faultless in His presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's no reason to fear because the Spirit's able to keep us from stumbling. He's able to keep us and to present us faultless. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of faults. Y'all turn your halo down a little bit today. I've got a lot of flaws. Just ask this lady right up here on the front. She'll tell you about all of them. I've got a lot. But on that day of glorification... As long as I have trusted in Him, He's sanctified me. He's done a transforming work in my life. He's saturated me. He's used me in His power. All of that, all of that was for this day. All of that salvation, sanctification, and saturation was for the day of glorification. Hallelujah. What is the purpose, Pastor? The purpose is that you'll be in heaven one day with God, our, our Father, Jesus, our Lord, and the Spirit who kept us for all of creation, enjoying the goodness and the benefits of God and reigning with Him for all of eternity. That is glorification. And on that day, I'll stand before Him faultless. He won't notice my faults. He won't notice my flaws because Jesus' blood will have covered them. And the Spirit and the Word's work will have transformed me and renewed me from who I was to now who I am in Christ Jesus. And I'll be able through the Spirit's power and you'll be able through the Spirit's power to stand before Jesus Christ glorified in that day. Not only a glorious body, but a glorious spirit hallelujah and a glorious soul and a glorious personality never again to have to endure and to battle and to fight through life and through sin before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise our lesson today in Sunday school was on praying for wisdom there's alone one who is wise and he is God be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. You stand on your feet with me. Sister LeBron, will you come to the piano? Look at your neighbor and say, from grace to glory. There are a lot of people in here today in a lot of different places. You know, that's the beauty of church is that we can come, one of us down, one of us up, one of us beaten, one of us celebrating. We can come together and we can find strength all the same in Him. We can find refuge all the same in Him. That's the beauty of gathering together. So there are so many of us at different places today. Some of us are at grace. Some of us are in that moment of hard sanctification. Others are asking God to saturate you with more of Him. And we're all on our journey to glorification. None of us are glorified yet, Brother Chris. So the Bible instructs us to bear with one another because of that very reason, Brother Stanley. None of us are glorified. All of us in different places of our life. Some of you are new Christians. Praise God for that. 
Some of you may not have received the grace of Jesus Christ today and you want to. Praise God for that. He'll give you His grace and wash away your sin. Hallelujah. And you'll be new and born again. Some of us and all of us, others that are saved, are in that process of sanctification. And we need God's saturating power to fill our lives, every room, every nook, every cranny, so on that day we can stand before Him from grace to glory, faultless in His eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank You today for Your Word. God, I thank You for the Spirit today who is able to illuminate the Word of God and help me to preach what You've laid on my heart. Lord, I've done the best of my ability, which isn't much. I'm human. I'm frail. Now, Lord, You do what You can do, which is awesome and powerful. Lord, by Your Spirit, move on every heart. Convict those of sin that need a Savior. Convict those that may be backslidden of their need to come home to Jesus. Lord, convict and show us that You're not just our agent of salvation, but You want to sanctify us. You want to make us look more like You. You want to make us look more like You and more open to the saturating power of Your Spirit so that all of us one day will stand before You glorified, body, soul, and spirit. Lord, move upon every heart in their own special way. You alone know where each one is at today. And I pray You'd meet each one where they are. In Jesus' name. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you stream podcasts. To experience other sermons, watch us live, donate, and more, visit us on facebook.com forward slash CoG. Thank you for listening to the Winona Church of God podcast.